Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Podcast Room 303. Introducing one co-host with more nuggets than Chick-fil-A, Nick Morahan. Executive producer until we find someone better, Eric Washington. Nobody really knows what he does around here. Nevada Putnam. And now, the single greatest thing to happen to hosting in history, Jermaine Antonio Colon Mendez. On with the show. Ooh, wait, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. This is episode 207. I'm your host, Clone Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. And as always, we've got with us the EP. On today's episode, we'll be getting into pop culture for Pick'em, top five favorite 90s artists. We'll review head-to-head. Some of us did well this, this week, actually. We'll give you a Nick's batting average update, what the fuck headline, and then two major betting topics coming out. So the Open Championship is this weekend. We'll touch base on that. And we'll also move into our first episode of NFL Futures. If you've been with us from the beginning, you know that we love to talk futures. There is a ton of value in futures. So we like to deep dive every division, give you our best bets from that. But without further ado, how are you doing this evening, Nick? You know you never really It doesn't matter what your Rudy Poop. You know what you never you you never realize it's kind of like a first world problem. So, see, also, by the way, Eric, that's how you deal with it. You just keep talking on whatever point. You don't go, ah, 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 ah. See, you never, you, you, and you guys have to, you guys have to uh, tell me if this is a personal problem or not. I never notice, like, my rankings of good pens are very close, right? But it infuriates me when I get a bad pen. I mean, there is there is almost there is very few things that can set my short fuse anger off like a bad pen. It is guaranteed to ruin that piece of paper if I get a bad pen because I'm going to rip it apart. Yeah, so I'm very picky with my pens and to the point where at one of my last jobs, I always had a pen on me because I needed it. It was, you know, a bunch of documentation, paperwork and stuff. I always had a pen with me that wrote fantastic. And everyone was just like, where'd you get this pen? And I broke down the differences between 0.7 and 0.5 and how that influences the differences in writing and, and gel versus ink. And then, you know, how I always try these different pens. So I definitely understand what you're talking about here, sir. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate as a as a bartender and server for ten years. Outside of my amazing personality and the personality and the ability to overserve people, pens are literally the most important thing because you use them all day. And when you give a client a pen and it just won't put the tip down on the receipt, and you see them scratching, and you have to go give them another pen, and that's money coming out of your pocket. It's mad frustrating. It ruin your whole day. One pen could ruin a whole day. Like it's fucking ridiculous. You should buy your own pens as a bartender. Yeah. They provided the restaurant provided shitbag pens that would die after a day. So like, if you wanted to not have a stressful day, you went and bought your own ballpoint. Hey, fuck you guys! I'm gonna go be a bar owner. <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is buy their own pens. What's funny is 
people steal the pens, right? Oh, so yeah. they'll sign checks and then they'll walk away with the pen, especially if it's a nice pen. So for that instance, you have to thread a fine needle. Like it needs to write well, not too well though. Look, if you're going to steal my pen, just make sure you left a good tip. That was always the worst. When the pen was gone, you walked up with like a dollar tip on like a $70. Couldn't even, re- like, couldn't even replace what? the pen. what do you think the frequency is of guys who steal pens and leave bad tips it's why why is it only dudes women suck too Uh, i i i I meant that i'm non-gender oh non-gender dudes non-gender dudes i'm gonna say two things to that one i would say like if they took a pen how many of them are jewish okay eric next question moving on how are you eric 60 percent of them like if they took the pen was a bad tip but most like I would say 80% of the time in the 10 years that I worked, men paid either the dad, the husband, the boyfriend, the guy taking the girl on the first date. Like it was always usually like very it was a group of like a group of women would come in, they'd pay. But for the most part, it was it was men that were paying. So Nick's statement was accurate. It's non non non-gender. How are you, Eric? Doing fantastic now that I've uh got us canceled again. No, it's women for not tipping that got canceled. Fuck them hoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, take us into the batting average update. All right, yeah. So uh, as you guys know, we've been keeping track of the batting average. Uh, we were hoping, and I always butcher this dude's last name, so I'm going to call him Luis A. Um, he's batting 376 now, and Seager <laughs> you has – You speak Arayez? Is it Arayez? Aresa. How is it Aresa? There's no... Oh, whatever, dude. You're saying it wrong. It's Areas. Luis Areas. Yes. All right. There it is. I won't mess it up again. Luis Areas <laughs> is now batting 376. Hold on, Eric. For those of you listening, if you know how to pronounce it, we're all wrong. Please, for the love of God, let us know so we can just die laughing. Anyways, keep going, Eric. I just don't understand why his parents would name him that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's their last name. <laughs> No, but no, Corey Seager got injured. His batting average has dropped. He's fallen out. Um, that was the race earlier on in the year. Now in second place is Acuna Jr. batting 334. Um, Luis A still in the lead at 376. Hopefully he gets back in the 400s. I'd like to see it get done. Uh, but that is your batting average update. Damn, he's 24 points off now. What a bummer. <laughs> Not going to win MVP now. <laughs> Eric, you want to you wanna go ahead and pull up the what the fuck headline? Oh, what the fuck headline is what we're doing first. All right. Yeah, because it's, it's it's just a much easier. Oh, of course. I got you, bro. It's much easier. Oh, I believe, I believe we had a first submission from somebody else not named Jermaine, right? Today or this week? Uh, no, this was mine as well. No, no. I he, This one got chosen, but we had a couple of good what the fuck headlines. Oh, at least, ne- at least ne- I saw. Nevada. Yeah, dude, this week was real good for this one. So Nevada sent that one about the uh, seven game schedule or something. I didn't read it, though. So I, I did want to ask you guys this. Probably should have asked you pre-show, but we'll talk about it on the air. So a couple of the stuff that has been sent over has been tweets that lead the articles. Could we count that as a headline or is that a tweet? What's the headline of the article? So it's the one that Jermaine sent about the Chinese lady that was like poisoning her students and they executed her. Yeah, that's an article though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Because I was I, I was tempted to pick that one, but I went with this one because I can I can you know I can relate to this. I mean, it's the same thing. People got poisoned. 
It's hilarious. Both were poisoning. Uh, this one, the other one is sad. Yeah, the other one's really sad. The other one is sad. So uh, for those of you who are watching slash listening, uh, a kindergarten teacher in China poisoned all of her children, only resulting in one death. So that's why she taught kindergarten, because she wasn't very smart. Um, and then she was found guilty and then executed by China. Rightfully, rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean, ain't nobody, no, ain't nobody upset about any of that. But I don't say this very often, but good job, China, Chinese domestic <laughs> policy. So one thing that's really crazy about it is just like, is that one kid weak or is the whole class strong? I, it's he's got to be that one kid's got to be weak, or maybe it was the first kid, and she like put a bunch in, and she was like, "Oh shit, I don't have, I got, I have sixteen more." No, it, so it was it, that was the last kid, and she couldn't quite find the measurement until the last kid. Right. It's literally a short straw. All right, we're taking this too far. Anyways, yeah. let's go ahead and get into the actual what the fuck headline. We're gonna be banned in China now. Eric is dying right now. <laughs> I just it's just because this should be on a stage, but that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, this but we with the um what the fuck headline we went with. I'm just gonna read it. Florida Japanese steakhouse shuts down after customers test positive for meth after eating at restaurant. <laughs> it just gets more and more wild. Amazing. <laughs> the headline got crazier. Once you hear Florida. Once a headline starts with Florida, you know you're in. Florida and Japanese steakhouse, I was like, ooh. Bro, the second word after Florida is Japanese. You're like, how the fuck they get there? Love <laughs> like, it. Bro. bro. But I don't know if you guys actually read the article. So Walk they, us through it. So some, some patrons got sick. And uh, they ended up three out of the seven people that got sick ended up testing for testing positive for methamphetamines. Uh, now they shut down the restaurant and conducted an investigation, but were not able to to con like conclusively get enough evidence to blame anybody or anything like that. So they closed the investigation. They allowed the, the House Cokehead strikes again. He's on the move. <laughs> they allowed the restaurant to open back up, and then after a few weeks, they let out a press report saying they were going to have to permanently shut their doors because their reputation was damaged so bad, and they were blaming the media for not giving them a fair chance at uh, explaining the situation. Not, and not what the quote said, they weren't, they weren't treated as if proven uh, innocent until proven guilty. They were, just they were treated like they were guilty. Guilty. So they closed their doors now. People testing positive for meth, guilty. I don't it's, know, man. It sounds like that classic mix-up. You know what I mean? You got your chef back there. He just got high off meth. He leaned over. The meth was in the pocket. A little meth sprinkled out of the pocket. And he said, fuck it. I'm on meth. Serve it. They're going to feel great. And, uh, you know, long story short, they lost their business. I, you know, I, I typically confuse the three ingredients at a Japanese steakhouse. Uh, soy sauce, MSG, and meth. I typically go for the MSG and soy sauce. But... You know, to eat to each his own. That's how my buddies eat. That's how my buddies eat sushi. They'll put uh, one gallon soy sauce in a little in a little flask to the point where it's goddamn overflowing. They'll take all the wasabi, put it in there. They'll sprinkle a little meth, 
And then they'll uh, bring out the syringe and they'll, they'll put they'll put that into the syringe and just intravenous consumption. It's for taste. <laughs> it's for taste. I mean, you do, like I don't use it, right? Liquid but salt. Meth for taste. Meth to taste. Your recipes don't say meth to taste. No, dude. My shampoo does though. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Lather, rinse, meth, repeat. <laughs> All right, Eric, that wraps up the what the fuck headline, and we'll just go ahead and move into uh, – we'll start with the head-to-head review, then we'll do PCP, and then we'll, we'll move into – yeah, let's just get into head-to-head. All right, so uh, we did finish uh, week 27 of the head-to-head last week. Um, pretty solid week for everybody except for me. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine went 2-1, and one, uh, putting him at 31-44 on the season, down 10.9 units. Um, got him right where I want him. (laughs) Nicholas went two and one as well, putting him at 29 and 44 and two on the season. Uh, he's up 0.2 units. Uh, I went one and two, fucking don't know shit about baseball. Um, 31 and 44 on the season, down 5.9 units. And Nevada went two and one as well, putting him at 28, 43 and one, down 3.75 units. Who has the most? Correct choices right now. You, uh, you, right? You with 31? I would say me, but I mean, I took some, I've taken some pretty hard L's. So, yes, you have. Yeah. What? Uh, and how many correct do I have? You have 30, 31. Yeah. Ah. All right. Sometimes it's not about, you know, we're all going to lose. Sometimes it's about picking the right bets. Wow, what sagely fucking advice there, sir. Danny Martinez pinch hit today. I don't know. Speaking of correct bets. (laughs) Putting a bet on a player not playing is a real bold strategy. If he hits a home run, it's even bolder. (laughs) You better hope so. All right, Eric, let's let's go ahead and get into pop culture pickup. Today's topic is top five. 90s artist the order is nick myself eric uh without further ado go ahead and kick it off nick uh all right top 90s artists uh i will start i will go uh dr dre Oof, that's a that's a heavy hitter right out the gate bro yes sir uh let's go with outcast oh good one I'm not even going to say nothing, dude. It's fair square. You had a first pick. Uh, I'm just going to go with Nirvana. I'll trade you. I'll trade you my, my first pick for your next two. Nah, Jermaine. Nah, 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 Jermaine is so Jermaine has such a hard dick for trading right now. We'll trade everything. <laughs> nah, we're not. We're not doing any of that bullshit. We still have his fucking. Right he's fucking. In the past week, he's flipped like 19 first round picks, <laughs> like fucking like pancakes at Waffle House, dude. And he's still got one more to work and out. And he's like, you know that scheme where, like, the guy comes in and just <laughs> makes you change money a bunch, of, a bunch of times? And then he walks out with, like, $500? That's what I feel like. It's like, I saw two of my first-round picks go out today. I was like, what the hell did I give those to Jermaine? <laughs> oh, bro. Dude, redesign, reclaim, rebuild. I'm just saying, bro. Just call me the architect, baby. God. All right. And I'll go Daft Punk with my next pick. Sick. That leaves me Wu Tang. 
Daft Punk is a 90s band? A thousand percent. <laughs> this is what I just preached. What did you just what did you just type? Wu Tang Clang? Oh, <laughs> Wu Tang Clang? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love the Wu Tang Clang. <laughs> That's it. That's it, Eric. Put it in the merch ideas. Yep. Put it put it in the merch Wu- ideas. Wu Tang Clang. <laughs> I didn't realize uh, what I had done. For my second pick, I'm taking Rage Against the Machine. Oh, what Ooh, a fantastic a choice. Uh, oh, and now because that's how orders work. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering why you I'm going with the BC boys. Uh, back to me. I'm going to take uh, Shania Twain. Yeah, great pick. Okay. Um, mad because my list is gonna shit on yours again. Did you uh, say gay? Yeah, gay. Eric. Gay. Bam, 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 bam. I understand. Let's go, go, girls. girls. She had hits, bro. I get it. Uh, you're gay if you don't like Shania. I'm gonna take Sublime and Sean Carter, aka Jay Z. All right, back to me. Is John Carter? Sean Carter. Oh, Sean Carter. Okay, I thought you said John Carter. I was like, uh, back to me. I'll take the Backstreet Boys. It's a good call. Excellent pick. I'm going in sync. <laughs> I wonder how he got there. <laughs> it was going to be my next pick. Um. Oh man. I'll go Vanilla Ice, or as I like to call him, Rob Van Winkle. Damn. And then I'll round out my list with um, Hanson. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone knows that song was a bop, bro. Pun intended. Uh, So I'm kind of torn because I want to. Your list kind of didn't get good until like the 2000s. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I mean, am I am I wrong, dude? That, but that, 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 that you, you, you're wrong. You're absolutely you're absolutely wrong, dude. Nirvana slaps. Daft Punk was founded in '93. Nirvana's Sub- only good because Cobain died. Everybody knows this. Watch your mouth. He's the greatest rock star of all time. No, he's if not. It was not for a crazy <laughs> no, he's not. who was addicted to heroin. He'd be alive right now. He went to too many Japanese steakhouses in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the greatest rock star of all time is Elton John. And I, <laughs> that's arguably possibly true. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's easy to have sex with girls as a rock star. It's harder to have sex with men. That's true. <laughs> and he's a knight. <laughs> I'm trying to get my fucking pick. We're fucking wilding right now, boys. All right. With, I was going to pick Oasis, but in the protest of Man City and fucking Liam, I'm going to go with the Notorious B.I.G. What happened with Oasis and, and Man City? Liam is a, Liam's a City fan, and that makes him lose all credibility as an artist, so I have to put the Notorious B.I.G. in there. Can you name one more Oasis song? What Name's do you mean? Two Oasis songs. Wonderwall, Oasis, Champagne Supernova. What do I mean? <laughs> Did you oh, yeah. lose a... 
You lose again, Nick. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't bet anything on this because I knew this was he was probably going to produce some friggin' autistic something. <laughs> the power of autism. If yeah, only the power could... of autism. Better than Eric since 1991. Uh, all right, I'm going to run through these real quick. Uh, episode 207, top five 90s artists. Nick had the first pick. Dr. Dre, Rage Against the Machine, The Beastie Boys, NSYNC, and Vanilla Ice. Jermaine had the second pick. He stole Outcast from me. Wu-Tang Clan, Shania Twain, Backstreet Boys, and Hanson. And then I had the final pick. I went with Nirvana, Daft Punk, Sublime, Jay-Z, and the Notorious B.I.G. I was so confident in my list, first two selections, that I just fucked around the next three and still beat you guys. I really, I really, I really think you like. I just, I know you took Outcast simply because it was right before my pick. You could have had them way lower down if you knew I wasn't going to get them. Outcast is arguably my f- favorite band of all time. They're also a pretty good artist in general, Eric. <laughs> nah. You'll love them like I love them. <laughs> hey, you know what? That might actually be accurate, but it's still my favorite of all time. So I was going to take them. I actually was all day. I was like, damn, do I have? Do I pick before Eric? Because if I don't pick before Eric, I might have to take someone else. Outcast was going to be gone if you didn't pick them right there. Yeah, 100%. would have been my first pick and my second pick if I could have. And I think, I think the, I, I wrote – I had a hard time writing four bands up here. Off the top of my head, I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve country music music artists, like country western artists, but just off the dome. Who? Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, Toby Keith, Trace Atkins, Reba McIntyre, Brooks and Dunn, Vince Gill, George Strait, Diamond Rio, Kenny Chesney, Alan Jackson, Travis Tritt. And none of them made the none of them made that your list. No. Oh, guess you don't really fuck with them. And you forgot about the biggest one from the nineties, Gretchen Wilson, bro. How come nobody? How come nobody took Alanis Morissette? Because she's dumb. Or Billy Joel. Or Or Sinead uh, O'Connor. Or uh. Or Cher. (laughs) Mistake. Bro, Puma Stank's making your top five. We're gonna have to have a discussion on you not being. What's the, what was the name of that band that sang the uh, "I'm an All Star"? I always forget the guy. Smash Mouth. Smash, Smash Mouth, bro. Yeah, no, but Smash Mouth has Smash hit. Smash Mouth is better than Hoopa Stank. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't Smash Mouth did the music to Shrek. Who is who? What? Where oh. do we put? Where do so is Hoopa Stank our our line of demarcation? Like if you're under Hoobastank, you're awful. If you're above <laughs> Hoobastank, you're you're good. So it's like Nickelback, Ho- Hoobastank. Don't good bands. Don't. Nickelback is a Nickel good album. band. Take it, Jermaine. I like three Nickelback songs. That's you a like lie. All, I, I bet you. Life. Rock song. You liked all Nickelback songs. Animals. And you're, the one about uh, you're just a me. little. You're just a little follower, bro. Oh, everyone start everyone started bashing Nickelback and you were like, oh yeah, Nickelback's bad too. Everyone sang their heart out to all Nickelback. I'd rather songs. listen to Dave Matthews band on repeat for the way rest to, of my way life to hold it down your Nickelback song again. You're out of your you listen to country. Nick listens to country. I don't see you giving him grief. I do give him grief all the time. 
Are you judging me because of the color of my skin? I shouldn't be yeah, listening to country. Eric, because look at me. Of course I listen to country. Look at me. Of course I listen to you country. You don't know how to, bring, do you, how to pronounce a Hispanic ball player's name and you speak 19 languages. Ask Nick how many times I let him play country when we hang out. Zero. <laughs> Zero. We have numbers and, now. You, do you understand how many fu- – I just give – I just – uh, Jermaine, put on music. From now on, <laughs> from now on, when we're all together in a room, it's country thunder, bro. Nothing but uh, country. I will put on headphones and tune. I'll be right there out. with Nick. We'll be line dancing, drinking beers. Oh yeah, you're gonna be drinking, like beers. drinking beers for the country thing. You could have been. You could have said riding bulls, line dancing, but you're like line dancing, drinking beers. All right, all right, my bad. We'll be line dancing and bull riding. You guys should have said. You guys should have said back. fucking sisters, bro. You got a bad back, cousins, Jermaine, cousins. <laughs> Nah, dude, it's 2023. No discrimination. Uh, <laughs> oh, no country step, bro. I'm caught in the bull riding machine. <laughs> God damn. This is the wildest first 25 minutes we've ever had to start a podcast. Let's go ahead and wrap up PCP and get into get into our first main topic of the day, the Open Championship. Take it away, Nick. All right. The Open Championship. So, you know, maybe some of you are like me and you've been saying to yourself, the Open Championship. I don't remember there being an Open Championship, right? And apparently it's a big fucking deal. So for idiots out there like me, if you're an idiot like me, this is. you got to love how the British Open has. I don't. I just cut off at random times. Yeah, you did. And we were laughing because you were like, uh, I'm like an idiot. And then you froze. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying is if you're an idiot like me, you didn't know that the Open Championship is just the rebranded British Open. I don't know when this rebrand happened. It had to have been in the last five years. It's the quietest rebrand ever. It's the quietest rebrand ever. It just went from the British Open to the Open Championship. You know, if you to- look up. When it went to the Open Championship, same time as Brexit. Maybe <laughs> you know who you know who needs a rebrand. Bud Kanye Light. West, Bud Light, Bud Light. <laughs> well, I think what so <clears throat> Bud Light did. Bud Light supported Dylan Mulaney, right? Yeah, and then like went like on the opposite end and like supported. Uh, some like right wing group. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> and oh, so they so. lost all the support they got from the LGBTQ, TBGQ. I don't even. TCBY, bro. Yeah, TGIF. Um, um so right. answer, sorry, Nick. Didn't mean to cut you off, but to answer your question, in two thousand and five. Um, RNA asked American broadcast partners to stop saying British Open on the air and stick only with the Open Championship or the Open. All right. Well, how did I open this segment? If you're an idiot like me, apparently this (laughs) happened, uh, you know, almost two decades ago. So if you missed it, (laughs) tune tune in next week for more news from 2005. Yo, I, I will give you this. I distinctly remember the British Open, and I remember the Open Championship. I had no fucking clue that they were the same team. So, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you that one, bro. 
Like, I, what, what am I going to say? Tune in next week for a Room 303 SPAC sheet on a little country called Afghanistan. <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right, so the Open Championship 2023. This year it's going to be held at the Royal Liverpool Golf Club in Hoy Lake, uh, England. This is a par 71, and it measures a little bit over 7,300 yards, 7,383 to be precise. There were two times the Open, and we can call it the Open because in 2006 and 2014 were the two times that this golf club uh, hosted the Open Championship. The two winners of that event, 2006, Tiger Woods, and 2014, Rory McIlroy, right? So it's interesting that it's going to be interesting to see how the field plays this course. So the fairways aren't wide at Royal Liverpool. They're about 32 yards on average. And there is very, very, uh, there's very little rough on the course. So it basically goes fairway. And then you're into what David Faraday likes to call the tall fescue on the side, basically very tall grass. So, Players this week are going to have to be guys that have very good driving accuracy or very good accuracy off the tee. Uh, Tiger Woods famously in 2006 put his driver away completely on this course. Um, for scores, um, Tiger Woods shot an overall 170 or 270, I believe. What year? I'll look it up. 2006 and 2014, if you could look both those up. So Tiger Woods shot a 270 in 2006, I believe, and McElroy shot a 271 uh, in uh, 2014. I believe Woods was good for an 18-under, and McElroy was good for a 16-under. Um, Eric will get you those answers in a second. But like I said, it, it's going to prioritize guys who are able to hit the fairway, and they're able to avoid the massive number of bunkers uh, that are on. So those are the two stats I'm going to be focusing on uh, to give my picks this week. And also, I, I stumbled upon a little nugget. We're not in football season, so I can't exactly give you Nick's nuggets. But Nick's golf, Nick's golf ball of the week, if you will. Just say Nick's nuggets, bro. <laughs> Nick's golf ball nuggets of the week. Open Championship. I think that's a good name for it. Talk about an unnecessary rebrand. <laughs> so uh, every year since so the last five Open Championships, uh, and this is since 2018, they didn't play the, the Open in 2020. Yeah, didn't play the Open in 2020. The last five Open Championships, the top, of the top five finishers, four have been inside the top 25 in the world golf rankings, excuse me, at the time of the tournament. And one has been outside the top 25. If you want to shorten it even more, three of the golfers have been inside the top 10 and one has been outside the top 25. So that's what I'm going to focus on with my picks. Also, <clears throat> there has never been a winner of the tournament before the tournament immediately prior to the Open Championship that has won the Open Championship. And you say, Nick, why does this matter? Well, the Scottish Open winner, gentlemen, care to guess? Scotty Scheffler. Rory McIlroy is the Scottish Open winner. He's out. So Find him to cut him. 
So fitting these and the winner in the last five years, the winner has been inside the top 10 and also someone who can drive very well. That is Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley, top 25 in the PGA this year in driving accuracy. And he is my pick at two, at two plus 2,000 uh, to win the Open Championship. A couple of other guys I'm keeping my eye on. I said Rory McIlroy is not going to win it. But Rory McIlroy is, is top 25 in the tour in bunker avoidance. He's plus 190, top five. Scotty Scheffler fits that same thing, top 10 in the world. I believe he's number one right now. And he is top 25 in bunker avoidance. He's plus 150 right now, top five. A couple of other names to keep your eye on. Uh, Tom Kim, you'll see him uh, in DraftKings as Yun Hung Kim. Uh, he is top 25 in both driving accuracy and bunker avoidant off, off the tee. Uh, he's a guy, and inside the top 25 rankings, uh, he's a guy I'm going to focus on to, to top five. I believe that when I first took a look at him, he was plus 12. I, th I think I got him at standby. Eric, do you have those uh, the so odds from 2006? Uh, so from 2006, he shot 18 under and one, and then it was the second year in a row he had won. In 2005, he shot under, he shot 15 under and one. I was looking at uh, 2014; he didn't finish that when he left that tournament early. So I was trying to figure out, but since like 2009, he hasn't really had good game or good tournaments. No, no, no. 2014 was Roy McIlroy who won yeah. that. One. Oh, yeah. 2000. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. I'll be right back. Tom Kim finished top five. I got him at plus 1200. And my dark horse for this match is an Austrian golfer named Step Stricka. Step Stricka is also top 25, just like Tom Kim, in both driving accuracy off the tee and bunker avoidance. But he fits the mold of being the one player in the top five who is outside the top 25 in the world golf rankings. He ranks 28. Gentlemen. Your thoughts. Also, another another bet. I we I, I can't find it on here. Eric's going to look it up. But this field plays very well to guys who can also avoid three putts. So if you can drive the fairway, well, not really drive. If you can hit the fairway, avoid bunkers and avoid three putts, you're probably going to score pretty well this tournament. Eric just mentioned 2006 Tiger Woods minus 18, 18 under for the tournament. Uh, I believe Rory was minus 16. Minus, uh, yeah, minus 16. I'm just trying to make sure that these two articles add up. Minus 16, yeah, minus, minus 16 in 2014. So expect uh, at least 15 under. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Can you tell me where Victor Hovland ranks on those two metrics that we're going off of? <clears throat> That's a great question. He's not in the top 25. <laughs> He's not in the top 25 rankings or driving? He's uh, in the world golf rankings or in the, in the, in the, um, uh, it was, bunker it, avoidance. well, can I get his rankings in both of those? In the world golf ranking, he <laughs> is, he is top five in the world golf ranking. Okay. And but he's not in the driving accuracy. He is correct? not in the top 25 in driving accuracy. However, if he sits at 26, gonna feel like a big old dumb idiot <laughs> that's boy bunkers driving 
Uh, Victor Hovland in driving accuracy ranks 36 in the world. Okay. I'm going Scotty Scheffler to win it. I'm going uh, Brooks Kepka to finish top 10. And I'm going Xander Shoffley to finish top five. And Hovland is 70th in bunker weights. Jesus, are you even trying, Victor? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going with those guys. I don't really know how this course plays. Uh, is this So let me ask you this. Maybe I should know this. Maybe I don't. But uh, it, this is – they play at a different course every year for this, this championship, right? Uh, it's rotating, but yes, they, they do not play same courses back to back. Okay. All right. No, I was just curious. I was just, what course are they playing at? Is this in Ireland? Royal, uh, Liverpool. Royal, Liv- Royal Liverpool and Hovlake in Hovlake, England. In 2024, they're playing Royal Troon. And in 2025, they're playing Royal Portrush. Uh, I know this is going to blow your mind, uh, Jermaine, but it's on the outskirts of Liverpool, a royal. Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you, once I heard you say that that course's name earlier, but uh, I was just not sure. Um, yeah. So with my picks, tell me where my guys rank in your metrics. Okay. Kepka top, Kepka top ten, Shoffley top five, and Scheffler wins it all. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, world golf. Uh, I, I like the, I like the Scheffler pick, right? Scotty Scheffler, number one in the world. Uh, he is, it's not he is, Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> he is 23 in bunker Oh, just just cut it, just cut, it. just just barely made it. And he is, let's see here, old Scotty, old Scotty McCreary. And he is thirty eighth in driving accuracy. I think I got it all figured. All right, next person, Kepka. Okay, Brooks, twelfth in the world golf ranking right now. Uh. Brooks, he is. We're not. How we not posting here? Brooks and Brooks. It's not finding Brooks. Control F doesn't seem to work on my computer. <laughs> it's a byproduct of the power outage. We <laughs> spell Kepka. K O E P K. He's not. He's not showing up on here. I don't know why. Oh, it's probably because he's a live golf guy, right? Oh, uh, true. Yep. That would right. make sense. So, so he doesn't exist in the rankings. <laughs> Dude, these live golfers, there's got to be so much value on these guys. John Rahm might be a, a fun little bet for top five. Yeah. Um, and then Xander Shoffley. Is he a, is he a live golfer? He's Xander Shoffley. He's not good enough for me to remember that. Just kidding. He's pretty fun. Oh, the best good. golfers in the world. Uh, he's 103. <laughs> Yikes. He's 103 in driving accuracy. 
Uh, that's just slightly above tour average. <laughs> and he is uh, 178th in bunker avoidance. Yeah, all right, I'm going to scrap my Xander pick. And uh, I'm going to stick with my original pick. I'm going Victor Hovland to finish top 10. Okay, Victor Hovland. We already read out his stats. Yeah. Uh, Xander also is is six in the world. Eric, anybody yeah. to add to this? Uh, I'm taking Rory to win it. Okay, completely Scheffler. ignoring my advice. Okay. Scheffler top five. Okay. Uh, Patrick Cantley top ten. And good old Dustin Johnson top ten. Okay. And I don't Oh, oh no! And Ju Young Kim top ten at plus five fifty. That's Tom Kim because I know Eric was not listening. No, I, I, I just want not not <laughs> listening to me at all. Uh, for for everybody at, at home who loves to uh, loves to be a degenerate gambler like me, nothing is working. I can't get my phone to scroll. Your um, brain isn't working. A Patrick Cantley winner. A Scotty Scheffler top five, a Rory McIlroy top 10, a Tom Kim top 20, and a Step Stricka top 30 parlay pays plus (laughs) (laughs) $109,000. So what you're saying is put 50K on it. So $5 would win you you $5,500. And 50K would win? (laughs) 50k, you're a bold, you're a bolder man than I, sir. <laughs> or a richer, you know? Yeah, or richer, yeah. All right, that wraps up the Open Championship coverage. Let's go ahead and get into the NFC West futures. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the NFC West consists of the San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams, Seattle Seahawks, and Arizona Cardinals. All right, Eric. I felt felt like you wanted me to be like, that's right, Jermaine. Why, somebody say something. (laughs) All right, so I do have – I went uh, pre-show. I got all the odds for everything. Um, We have a nice little layout here for you guys. I'll start by going over – Hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Time out. Nick, did you hear – Wait a minute. Did you hear that, Nick? What? What's that? The executive producer did a bunch of work pre-show, dog. I don't believe it. Whoa. So so I got this text from a number that appeared to be Eric. These fishing scams are getting real, real good. And he said, here are the odds. Here, here are the player prop odds for uh, Tuesday's show. Submit your picks beforehand. And I reported it like a good American. I said, this is someone – Attempting to be my friend, Eric Washington. Report as phishing. Report as spam. Block number. So this is this is actually 733,112 sign of the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric did executive producer duties pre-show. We're in the end game now, boys. We're in the end game. I'm yeah. starting to feel bad. It's... I must have been terrible for the first few, you know, months of it or whatever. If this you is... were. Ah, well, you know, you learn as you go, right? You learn as you go. <laughs> or just anyway. you finally figured it out 207 episodes in. 
So what I was hoping to do with this is I'll give you the standings last year. We'll jump into, which I've already written down for you guys. We can jump into the departures and arrivals for each team. Or did you want to go team by team, team uh, arrivals, departures, rookies, and then the odds? Or do you want to, how do you guys want to do it so I can guide us through this? Um, so I'll, I'll cover the departures, the arrivals, and the rookies. And you, actually, I mean, you can do it all. <laughs> go ahead take it away you, hey you put in all this work oh boy you lead it you, oh, pre, you pre-showed it up go ahead bro it's your it's your it, this is your podcast we're just guests all right all right all right well so now that i've taken the reins here um we will be covering the nfc west uh this year uh their 2022 finish uh the san francisco who's 49. in the nfc west i was about to go through it uh, last year's first uh, division winner was the San Francisco 49ers. Second place was the Seattle Seahawks. Third place was the Los Angeles Rams. And fourth place was the lowly Arizona Cardinals. Uh, moving into departures and arrivals. Give me one second here. All right. So for the San Francisco Zoom 49ers. A little bit more. What's up now? Zoom in a little bit more. All right. Hold on. No, it's because I uh I actually got to stop sharing and we'll go over this real quick. So uh for the San Francisco 49ers, uh they had some pretty good uh, key departures. They lost Jimmy Garoppolo, he went to the Raiders, uh Josh Johnson, another quarterback. They lost tight end Tyler Croft to the Dolphins, offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey to the Broncos, offensive guard Daniel Brunskill to the Titans, uh Edge Samson Ubakum to the Colts, Jordan Edge Jordan Willis to the Raiders, Edge Charles Omenihu. To the Chiefs, uh, defensive lineman Reese Hurst to the Browns, defensive lineman Hassan Ridgeway to the Texans, um, and then they lost Aziz Alshair, Emmanuel Mosley, Jason Verrett, Jimmy Ward, and Robbie Gold. Knows how to pronounce Alshair, can't even pronounce a, a native Hispanic name. Bro, give me a break with this guy, dude. <laughs> right. um, oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> right. uh, arrivals for them. Uh, speaking, of, speaking, of speaking of, real quick, Eric, sorry to interrupt you. No worries. How much money do you think Josh Johnson has made in his 14-year career? Josh Johnson? Oh, he's, e- he's easily at 40. He's only made $9.3 million. Oh. oh, poor him. I don't think my man's ever gotten a second contract. <laughs> Actually, I'm going for his list. My man's has never gotten a second contract. He's played for 14 teams. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, wow, well, yeah, like 10, 11 teams. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, go ahead, Eric. All right, so um, getting into the arrivals, um, there was quite a few for San Francisco. So I'll try to speed through these. Uh, QB Brandon Allen. QB Sam Darnold, um, tight end Ross Dwelly, wide receiver Chris Conley, wide receiver Willie Sneed, center Jake Brendel, uh, center offensive guard John Feliciano, offensive tackle Matt Pryor, edge Cleland Farrell, edge uh, Kerry Hyder, defensive lineman Kevin Givens, defensive taco, defensive taco, defensive tackle <laughs> Javon Hargrave. That one hurts my soul. Uh, he came over from Philly after. Awesome year. Uh, defensive tackle T.Y. McGill. Linebacker Demetrius Flanagan. Cornerback uh, Isaiah Oliver. Defensive back Miles Hartsfield. And safety Tashawn Gibson. Um, one and second. Then, 
Yeah. We we got it. We got to give this dude's whole name. De- Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. <laughs> That's the most confusingly Irish name I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that fine print stuff, Eric. Let's just go ahead and get into rookies. Yeah, so jumping into the rookies, um, they didn't have a pick until the third round this year. Uh, I believe the it's CMC the, trade. The CMC trade, yes, sir. Uh, third pick or 87th pick in the third round, Jai Ayer Brown, safety out of Penn State. Uh, and then with their second pick in the third at 99, they took Jake Moody, a kicker out of Michigan. Um, in the, and also in the third round at pick 101, they took George Kittle's replacement, Cam Latu, out of Alabama. Uh, fifth, fifth round, pick 155, they took Darrell Luter Jr., cornerback out of South Alabama. Uh, pick 173, Robert Beal, edge out of Georgia. Pick 216, D. Winters, linebacker out of TCU. Pick 247, Braden Williams, tight end out of Oklahoma. Pick 253, Ronnie Bell, wide receiver out of Michigan. And lastly, at 255, Jalen Graham, linebacker out of Purdue. All right. Uh, let me pull up their schedule. So San Francisco finished with the highest record in the division last year at 13-4. and four, And that means, based on the way schedules are created now, <clears throat> they play a first-place uh, schedule. So, so- – while you do that, while you pull that up, just to go over this screen, if you guys are watching on YouTube, just go over this screen. Um, these are the odds for the division. Uh, it's in order of uh, how they're predicted to finish in the division. We have Super Bowl odds on this first column. We have uh, the odds to win the division, odds to make the playoffs, and then their over-under uh, win total set by Vegas. Um, so we'll go by – we'll start with San Francisco. Um, Jermaine, if you want to hit us with that schedule. All right, Nick, so here's the schedule. You ready? At Pittsburgh, at Los Angeles Rams, home to the Giants, home to the Cardinals, home to the Cowboys, at Cleveland, at Minnesota, home to the Bengals, at Jacksonville, home to the Buccaneers, at Seattle, at Philadelphia, home to Seattle, at Arizona, home to Baltimore, at Washington, and home to the Los Angeles Rams. Holy crap, that's a brutal schedule. Oh, I was thinking it didn't really sound that hard. <laughs> There's they, like stretches of it, which aren't fun. I mean, they play they play Pittsburgh, who I think is better than most people admit. Um, Cowboys. I think the Browns are good this year. Actually, you know, you might be right. So they play the Bengals and the Jaguars. Though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, they, they have like tough one or two games. But look, week week two through four, Rams, Giants, Cardinals. Then they have six through six and seven, Cleveland and Minnesota. Then coming off the bye week, they have a simple transition between Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Seattle. Then they play Seattle, Arizona. Then they play Washington, L.A. I, I'm not saying it's wrong that – Baltimore, Philly, Cincinnati, Dallas, Pittsburgh are bad games. But I just named five teams. Uh, I always count division games as hard. Also, I think the Browns are going to be good this year. (laughs) I feel like the Browns are your White Sox. Bro, they are, bro. They are. (laughs) 
They are, bro. Hey, but here's the thing. They have been good the last few years. They just had Jacoby Brissett play most of the season last year. Right. I just – I feel like this is – this schedule is not hard enough for the first-place 49ers for them to hit any significant road bumps in the NFC West. So you think they get 10 wins pretty easily then? Yeah. I I, I think they get 10 wins pretty easily. Yeah. So yeah, you're I'm taking going, the over? I'm going I'm, Yeah, I'm taking the over. I think they – I think they might win – the same amount of games as they won last year. So, so here's some stats and maybe this will go, maybe this will go into player props a little bit more, but CMC joined after or CMC joined after week six, right? Yep. Since week six or since week seven, the 49ers were 10 and one with 29.8 points per game. Imagine what Carolina could have been. If you break it down even further, since Brock Purdy was named the starting quarterback in week 12, they were 5-0 and with a 33.5 points per game. Yeah. They that's, were a, that's a 10-point differential over weeks 1 through 12. That, the only, how, the only how, game how Brock you, Purdy – How are you even in a debate that, that Brock Purdy might not be your starting quarterback? Because people are Trey Lance truthers, and that's but what doesn't make sense is Kyle Shanahan doesn't give a fuck who you are. He'll bench your ass if you're Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> like right. we've seen him, we've seen him do it over and over again. So he's gonna play the best, the one who's gonna give him the best chance to win. Yeah. Brock Purdy's only loss, he hurt his elbow, right, in the playoffs against the eventual Super Bowl representative for the NFC. So. I just don't understand how you go away from that guy. He didn't do anything to lose his that job. But, you know, they didn't have a first-round pick this year because of the Trey Lance trade. So – The CMC <laughs> trades, right? No, no. CMC didn't yield a first. No. CMC yielded like a second, third, fourth, fifth, <laughs> and I think like a future third or some shit like that. There was a bunch of picks given for the CMC trade. Uh, but, yeah, I'll take the over. I'll have them as my division winner as well. And, obviously, I'm going yes to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah 100%. I agree with Jermaine. There's there's almost not any value in that minus 160 for me, though. Hey, I, I'm going to – I'm just going to breeze through this these additions and subtractions if you want yeah. me to. Yeah. yeah, please. I hate talking that much. Uh, real quick, though, neither of you have them as a Super Bowl winner at uh, plus 1,000? <sighs> Uh, dude, I can barely tell you who's gonna make the fucking playoffs. I'll tell you. I I'll, know. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Here's what, Eric. I'll promise you this: before the NFL season starts, I will tell you exactly who my Super Bowl winner is. I'm not doing it on my <laughs> NFC West review. <laughs> yeah. right, so, the only so the only reason I ask is because you know for the infographic that we're putting out, I have it on there. So as long as you guys give me one Super Bowl winner uh, before this is over, and I can always go back and re-edit and add it later, so we won't. Yeah, Super Bowl winner. Yeah, we'll talk about it offline. Uh, very next team, Seattle Seahawks, finished nine and eight in the division. Um, this whole podcast took the over on win totals for Seattle, and Seattle delivered with a plus five hundred record and a playoff berth. 
some of their notable notable departures are running backs, Travis Helmer, Rashad Penny, wide receivers, Marquise Goodwin, Lacan Treadwell, offensive guards, Kyle Fuller, Gabe Jackson, center Austin Blythe, Edge, LJ Collier, and Bruce Irvin, D Linemans, Puna Ford, Shelby Harris, Quentin Jefferson, and Al Woods, linebacker Cody Barton, cornerback Artie Burns, Tease Tabor, and Justin Coleman, safeties, Jonathan Abram, and Josh Jones. Uh, long snapper Carson Carson Tinker. You got to give the long snapper some love, right? Um, re-signed Drew Locke, re-signed Geno Smith, uh, signed Evan Brown, signed Mario Edwards and Draymond Jones and Jerron Reed to bolster that D-line. They signed linebackers Devin Bush and Bobby Wagner. Whoa, Bobby Wagner came back to Seattle? Bobby Wagner's back, baby. I didn't actually know that. And then they signed safety Julian Love. Uh, their draft picks, first round, uh, pick five, Devon Weatherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. Round one, pick 20, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. Um, they took Edge, Derek Hall, and Zach Charbonnet, running back in the second. In the fourth, they took Anthony Bradford, offensive lineman. Cameron Young, defensive lineman. In the fifth, they took Mike Morris and Edge. And Olusagon Oluwatami, center and in the sixth read safety and in the seventh they took kenny mcintosh running back georgia they took two running backs huh all right go ahead take it away eric oh schedule time sorry my bad yeah i have it pulled up if you need it uh i'll pull it up right here all right I'm just using my phone because it's it uh, just really quick while you're pulling that up to go back to i don't think people understand i'm gonna read these so passing yards, 1854, 231.8 per game. Passing touchdowns, 16. Interceptions, 3. Completion percentage, 66.9, 147 out of 220. Yards per attempt, 8.4. Passer rating, 111.4. That was Brock Purdy's stats in his first eight starts. <laughs> he was so fucking good. I don't understand how people don't understand that he's going to start. Uh, regular season matchups for the Seahawks are as follows home to the Rams at Detroit home to the Panthers at New York Giants at Bengals home to the Cardinals home to the Browns at Baltimore home to Washington at LA Rams home to the 49ers at Dallas at 49ers home to the Eagles at Tennessee home to Pittsburgh, and at Arizona. I mean, that's a brutal stretch. They got, they've got they got a lot of pretty decent teams on the schedule. I mean, you started – like, like you look at that week 11 stretch. Like, starting with week 11, yeah, I, I know people say, oh, the, the Los Angeles Rams. I think Jermaine said it best. It's a division game at your opponent's field, right? Week uh-huh. 11, the Rams. You then go – Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, right? How's that? <laughs> how, how's that for a fucking dick kick near the end of the season? Then you L L L L. Then you play at Tennessee, maybe a bit of a reprieve. Then you got to go play Pittsburgh. Crazy. And a healthy Kyler Murray to close the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's their over under? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yes, sir. I almost feel like this is a tougher schedule than the 49ers. Bro, this is – and also the Seahawks aren't as good. Yeah, here's some stats. So pre-bye week, right, 
which was week 11 for the Seahawks. The Seahawks were six and four. Geno Smith had a 73% completion percentage. He threw 17 touchdowns, only four interceptions, and over 2,400 yards. Post bye week, the Seahawks were three and four. Geno Smith's, uh, Smith's completion percentage had dropped to 66%. He only threw 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions, which is kind of funny to say, and uh, threw for 600 less yards. Uh, he still played. Sounds to me like he still played real well. But there is there there is a noticeable difference though. But he right. still played well. And even with Gino playing well, they only won what nine, nine games. games last year. Yeah. And who knows? Again, I'll bring this up, and maybe it's an antiquated football thing. Gino Smith is about to be thirty-three years old. Gino Smith just got paid. I really hope this isn't true, but if I had been grinding for as long as Geno Smith and I got paid, I don't know that I would grind for very much longer. <laughs> Dude, eight and a half is a perfect line. All right. It's, gun, yeah, it is, it's perfect. Gun to your head, Nick. Uh, here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll highlight them yellow later for the ones that we wouldn't actually bet. So that I, way – I'm not – I'm not betting this one. The only, only thing that I can say is that the 49ers were involved, or sorry, the Seahawks were involved in nine one-score games last year. Nine one-score games. They won four of those nine games. Oh, so they could get better in that. Right? They could get better, or they could have less one-score games. I'm still taking the over eight and a half. I don't like it. I think they win nine games. Jermaine said it perfectly. The line is chef's kiss perfect. Yeah, it uh, seems to me like Vegas knows what they're doing. Um, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> breaking news, right? <laughs> oh, man. Geno Smith got a three-year, $75 million contract with $40 million guaranteed. Bro, it's so hard to know if the Seattle team is for real or not. Because, like – I can see them losing to the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Geno Smith got more – got more – if you double Geno Smith's career earnings before his newest contract, it wouldn't even come close to his guaranteed money that he just got. Jesus. What was his – what did he just get? Three years? What did you say? Three again? years, 75 million, 40 million guaranteed. He's about to be a 33-year-old quarterback in the National Football League. <sighs> I don't know how much how much gas Geno Smith has left. And by gas, I mean give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with under eight and a half. Under eight and a half. I can see it. I can see it both ways. Eric? Uh, so produ uh, executive, executive producer Nevada and I both took the over for uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, so I'm the only Mainly one. Mainly because riding. I got my man's on fantasy and I need him to ball out, ball out of control. So I, uh, the only one who went under, then, huh? Do you guys um, odds for playoffs? Yes, minus one twenty. No, plus one hundred. What do you guys got for the Seahawks? I'm going no. No. Yeah, I think no. Cool. Uh, the entire 303 podcast agreed with that, and then obviously we all picked the Niners as the division winner. Um, and 
I'm assuming nobody's picking the Seahawks win the Super Bowl, so we can keep on moving to the <laughs> Los Angeles Rams. All right, so the Los Angeles Rams finished five and twelve last year after a gluttonous amount of injuries. They lost quarterbacks Baker Mayfield and John Wolford. They lost wide receivers Allen Robinson and Brandon Powell. It's probably addition by subtraction with Robinson, though. Uh, they lost tackle Ty Nishiki. Guard Ode Abushi, center Matt Scora, edge Leonard Floyd, D lineman Greg Gaines, Asia and Ashawn Robinson, linebacker Bobby Wagner has departed, cornerbacks Troy Hill, David Long, Jalen Ramsey are all gone, safety Taylor Rapp, safety Nick Scott, long snapper Matt Orzek, punter Riley Dixon, and kicker Matt Gay have all left. Uh, they added tight end Hunter Long. Uh, in a trade for Jalen Ramsey, they signed guard Coleman Shelton and defensive tackle Marquise Copeland. Holy cow! They didn't. They just lost everybody and signed nobody. <laughs> Where's Jalen Ramsey now? Jalen Ramsey is in Miami, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Miami. Uh, so Los Angeles Rams still don't have a first round pick. They got Steve Avila in the second guard out of TCU. Uh, Byron Young, Edge, Kobe Turner, defensive tackle, both in the third. In the fourth, they took Stetson Bennett, quarterback out of Georgia. In the fifth, they took Nick Hampton, um, Edge, and Warren McClendon, offensive tackle, and Davis Allen, tight end, as well as Puka Nakua, wide receiver. Uh, so they had five, uh, four fifth-round picks. In the sixth, they took uh, Trey, Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Is he related to Ladanian? I'm on it. He went to TCU as well. Uh, round uh, O'Shawn Mathis, Edge, Zach Evans, running back, uh, Ethan Evans, punter, Jason Taylor, the second safety out of Oklahoma State, Alex Austin, cornerback out of uh, Oregon State, and Deshaun Johnson, Edge out of Toledo. Holy cow! They had a massive amount of picks. No so, wonder they didn't sign anybody. So getting back to uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, he is the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, and he won the Jim Thorpe Award in 2022 um, at TCU. And the Jim Thorpe Award is what? Uh, the uh, Jim Thorpe Award is uh, most. That can't be. <laughs> that can't be right. Oh, it's the best cornerback. All right, cool. Because I pulled it up. I was going to say best cornerback. I just I wanted to make sure that it was best cornerback. All right, that's correct. And so the Rams schedule is as follows. At Seattle, home to 49ers. At Cincinnati, at Indianapolis, home to Philadelphia, home to Arizona, home to Pittsburgh, at Dallas, at Green Bay, home to Seattle, at Arizona, home to the Browns, at the Ravens, home to the Commanders, home to the Saints, at the New York Giants, and at the 49ers. Holy shit. <laughs> They're going to get crushed this year. Yeah. I mean, you I, you just start with their first – I mean, their first nine weeks, right? <laughs> Seattle, Seattle, in Seattle to start the year, probably a loss. San Francisco, Cincinnati, at Indy. The uh, Eagles at home – I mean, you, you get a little bit of a repeat, reprieve when you play the Cardinals, but this is the, the beginning of the season, Cardinals. We, we all know how good they are. Also, it's a division rival, so it's not really a reprieve. 
Pittsburgh. Well, they, uh, for this schedule, it's a it's a reprieve. <laughs> yeah, for this schedule, you Pittsburgh, are correct. At Dallas, at Green Bay, then the bye week. If they can survive, which they're not going to, <laughs> they'll be two and seven. So the Rams in so so here's an interesting factoid. So we when we when we talk about the Rams, we're going to talk about two people this year, right? Namely, right. It's Cooper Cup and it's Cam Akers, right? How do those two guys return from injury, right? In the nine games that Cooper Cup started. Oh, he was electric. He had 90 yards per game and six touchdowns. The Rams were three and six with 16.4 points per game. (laughs) In the nine games, these are different. These are these, there are only two games that they share both losses, but in the nine games in which Cam Akers started, he had 66 yards per game, 4.5 yards per carry, and six touchdowns. The Rams were 2-7 and seven with a 17.8 points per game. It does not matter if Cooper Cup and Cam Akers come back to full health, and I think they will, and I think they're both going to dominate. The Rams are going under. I, so here, here now that I looked at the Rams schedule, because I was looking at the six and a half line for the Rams, and I was going to take the over. And that is one of the reasons why I had Seattle under. Right. Uh, I'm going to revisit my Seattle pick. I'm going to join the rest of the room, take the over, which means no one's going to hit now. Uh, and I'm going to take the under for the Rams. No to make the playoffs. No to win the division. Um, dude, the Rams might – finish worse than Arizona. And that I is think they might. that's a special, special feat. That's a special, special feat. All right. So let's get into Arizona. They finished four and thirteenth last year. Uh that was good enough for fourth in their division. They actually uh had departures of quarterback Trace McSorley, running back Darrell Williams, wide receivers Chosen Anderson, Farrell Cooper, AJ Green. Uh that's in more addition by subtraction. Uh, they <laughs> lost tight end Max Williams. They lost guards Cody Ford, Max Garcia, Justin Pugh. They lost centers Sean Harlow, Rodney Hudson, Billy Price. They lost edge Marcus Golden. They lost defensive end J.J. Watt. They lost D-linemen Zach Allen, Michael Dogby, and Tristan Hill. They lost Kamu, Greiger Hill, uh, Ben Neiman, Tanner Vallejo, and Nick Vigil all linebackers, cornerback Byron Murphy, Murphy, uh, long snapper Aaron Brewer, and punter Andy Lee. They added quarterbacks David Blau and Jeff Driscoll. God, dude, those guys just continue to find backup roles somewhere. Oh, Jeff Driscoll. How much money has Jeff Driscoll made in his career? They Both those backup quarterbacks, is that's like the old Detroit quarterback room. Uh, they signed Corey Clement, wide receiver Zach Pascal, offensive tackle Kelvin Beecham. Uh, guard Dennis Daly and Will Hernandez, as well as Hajati Hroholt, uh, all signed deals. Edge, LJ Collier, D-lineman Kevin Strong, Carlos Watkins, linebacker Kazir White, cornerback Chris Boyd, cornerback Rashad Fenton, Antonio Hamilton, kicker Matt Prater. Dude, Matt Prater is still alive. Punter, <laughs> punter Matt Hack. Hasn't, Matt Prater has been playing since you started watching the NFL. Right, and Matt Prater was the yeah. Matt Prater is in the NFL for a very, very has been in the NFL. <laughs> only thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's been in the NFL since like two thousand. It feels like two thousand seven. Yeah, 
My goodness. All right. And then, so in the draft, they added Paris Johnson, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. They added BJ Ojulari in round two, edge out of LSU. In round three, Garrett Williams, cornerback, as well as Michael Wilson, wide receiver. They added D lineman John Gaines, the second, in the fourth. In the fifth, they added Clayton Toon, quarterback. In the fifth, they added Owen Papoa, linebacker Auburn. In the sixth, they added, uh, Keytrail Clark and Dante Stills, cornerback and defensive tackle, respectively. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the schedule here. All right, to open the season, it's Cardinals at Washington, home to the Giants, at Dallas. I'm mean, sorry, home to Dallas, at 49ers, home to Cincinnati, at Los Angeles, at Seattle, home to Baltimore, at Cleveland, home to Atlanta, at Houston, home to LA, at Pittsburgh. Home to San Fran, at Chicago, at Philadelphia, and home to Seattle. Bro, when does Kyler come back healthy? So there's there's talks that he may actually start the season. I certainly hope he does because the one stat I had on the Cardinals: Arizona without Kyler Murray, sixteen point seven points per game, one and five. <laughs> what is it with Kyler Murray? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you the record with Kyler Murray is three and twelve. <laughs> three and what? Three and no. Three and uh, six uh, for three and seven with him. But they didn't get sixteen point seven points per game. <laughs> Holy shit! Four and a half is the perfect number, Nick. Oh man. <laughs> Dude, it's just like. So they were in five one-score games last year, right? If you take the average of that, they should have won at least two more games. That puts us at six. (laughs) Bro, okay, so they have a shot at beating the Bears. They have a shot at beating the Texans. Right. They have a shot at beating the Commanders week one. And Commanders week one. Do we think they have a shot beating the Giants week two? I think the Giants are better than people are giving them credit for. Okay. All right. So we're so they have a chance to beat the Rams week six. <laughs> I mean, if Kyler Murray plays, sure. Right. A- right. Absolutely. So absolutely. we're saying Commanders, Rams, Browns, Falcons. I think they lose to the Browns and the Falcons. Houston. I think they beat Houston. Another Rams game. I don't think they win that. A Bears game. I don't think they win the Bears game either. <laughs> You're talking about like a two win, <laughs> two win Cardinals team. I'm going under. I'm going under. They're in the Caleb Williams sweepstake. It's going to make the Kyler Murray drama even more interesting. Um, I'm going under. I'm going under four and a half, and that's only because I have to pick. Obviously, no to win the division, no to make the playoffs, and I will take a flyer on them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. What, plus 20,000. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going under, too. If, maybe I will, I will re-entertain if, if Kyler comes back. If, if Kyler starts the season, or if, if Kyler – Starts the season, this might be a different conversation for me. If he's out, I'm I'm hammering the under. Here, here's the thing: they have less talent than the Rams, right? And then if you compare, like 
All right, Kyler Murray's probably better than Matt Stafford, especially at this point in their careers. Um, Cooper Cup is better than Hollywood Brown. Yeah. And it, it's not even a close. No. And then Cam Akers is better than James Conner. Oh, uh, yeah. About even. Yeah, I mean, you will probably push that, yeah. I say Jay, I say Cam Akers is better. Cam Akers closed the season red hot last year, too. And James Conner probably has a has a better probably has a better season because there's literally no one else <laughs> on the team. Uh, he's going to catch everything and he's going to rush everything. Uh, all right, so final thing we have is the props, correct, Eric? Uh, no. So really quickly, um, just to go oh. pretty much for the entire division for the entire division, we agreed on everything. Except I took the under on the Niners. That's the only thing that differs between me, you, Nevada, and Nick. Um, next, we're going to do exact order. So Nevada took the Rams. Took under on the Seahawks. I switched no, he, it when I saw the Rams it. schedule. Yeah. Uh, so Nevada took 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. That is the favorite at plus 135. I... I, I'm assuming, but I have to ask. Uh, do you guys have yeah, a different order? Yeah, same order. Same same order, dude. I'm yeah. go, I'm go I'm going chalk with yeah. the way this division finished last year. Chalk me up, baby. All right. So now we will get into um, we will get into players pick uh, to player props for each uh, for each of you. We'll start with Jermaine right here. Um, do you want to read them off, or do you want me to go through them for you? You got it. All right, so for the player pops, we have uh, Christian McCaffrey over 900.5 uh, rush yards at minus 110 and over 7.5 rushing touchdowns at minus 105. Uh, he did take Jay Con- or James Conner over 650.5 rushing yards at minus 110 and over 6.5 rushing touchdowns at minus 110. He took George Kittle over 5.5 receiving touchdowns at even money. And his last player prop is DK Metcalf over 950.5 receiving yards at minus 110. Jermaine, do you want to explain any of those? Do you want me to roll into Knicks? Uh, look, Chris McCaffrey is God's gift to the running back position. Uh, I don't care if everyone thinks that he's injury prone. I'm taking the over. 900 is too low. Seven and a half is too low. In Kyle Shanahan's running back offense – that has produced like Kyle Shanahan's offense is so well oiled when it comes to running the ball. Do you guys remember Alfred Morris? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He made Alfred Morris a thousand yard rusher. He's, he, he, gets, he gets one thing from his genetics and it's taking unknown running backs and making them into thousand yard rushers. That's why he is not an unknown running back. There is a reason why they gave up basically an entire draft for Christian McCaffrey. And it's because he is legendary at the position. So take the over. If you can find receiving props for Christian McCaffrey as well, I will tell you, take the over. If you can find a total yards prop, take the over as well. So I, I want, I'm going to keep checking. I'm glad you said that right now. Um, and then I'll jump into Knicks here next. But um, I was checking for rushing, receiving yards combined or rushing, receiving touchdowns combined. DraftKings didn't have that up this year. I'm assuming, I'm hoping it comes later. And if those come up, we'll go over those odds and give you guys those odds. We'll give you some picks from that as well because there's certain guys you want to take bets like that on. So, uh, and CMC is definitely one of them. Uh, but moving into Nick's picks, uh, he went Geno Smith under 3,900.5 pass yards at minus 120 
under 26.5 passing touchdowns at minus 110. He took Cooper Cup over 1,250.5 receiving yards at minus 110 and over 9.5 receiving touchdowns at minus 110. Um, this should be a five, but he took uh, CMC at over 900.5 rushing yards at minus 110, and he took the over 7.5 rushing t- touchdowns at minus 105. He also took Cam Akers over 6.5 rushing touchdowns at plus 105, and Nick Bosa over 15.25 sacks. Um, was the sack leader last year at minus 105. Nick, you want to? You know I got the stats. Geno Smith auto bet under 4,000, basically under 4,000 yards, under 26 touchdowns. I mean, he had a career year last year. I'm not taking that away from him. I don't think he repeats it, right? We always used to say, right, if a guy for nine years is obese and he's fat as fuck and then one year he gets skinny and then he goes back to being fat in the 11th year, that's a fat dude. That's not a skinny dude. You can't call that dude skinny, right? Gino Smith has shown a career of mediocrity I don't care that he just got paid for his one season. He's not going to do it again. Get the under. Cooper Cup, last year before he got injured, was on pace for 185 targets and 11 touchdowns. Right? Even if you even if you take his lowest his his yards per target over his career, he was on pace for over 1600 yards. Jermaine is a smart, smart man. CMC in 11 games with San Francisco last year. 11. How long is the NFL season again, Eric? 17 games. 17. You should have said that more confidently. In 11 (laughs) games with San Francisco, CMC had 746 yards and six touchdowns. You're telling me he's not getting another 150 yards and and four more touchdowns in seven games? Ridiculous. The line is set so bonkers. There's so much value on it. You're getting uh, you're getting the rushing touchdowns at minus 105. He uh, he could have seven in a game. That's how right. good he is. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh new number who this Cam Akers. Weeks 12 through 18 last year. Cam Akers, 549 yards, six touchdowns. Ball in seven out. games, he had six touchdowns. Balled out. He just needs one in 10, or sorry, two in 10. Wait, yeah, one in 10. He needs one <laughs> in the other 10. He'll get that. Nick Bosa, his last two seasons, and for some reason, I seem to hear people say this too. Oh, watch out for Nick Bosa. Like, he's like, he's a, what about that injury he suffered, right? People always bring up this injury Nick Bosa suffered two years ago. Since that injury, he's played 33 games, he's had 34 sacks. <laughs> so he's good for a sack a game. Yeah, he's good for over a sack a game. I'll take over 15 and a quarter sacks. Thank you. So I, I actually didn't see the Nick Bosa bet. So uh, as Nick was discussing his, I added Nick Bosa. And then I want to spotlight Van Jefferson over four and a half receiving touchdowns. Purely it's at plus 140. Right, it's plus one forty, and they ain't got no one else. Yeah, who else? Who else but wide receiver too? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll, I'll bet that in a seventeen game season, Van Jefferson could get over four and a half touchdowns. Now, I'm not going past six. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he may have forty for five hundred and fifty and six touchdowns, but that's like 
he still hit the touchdown. So uh, give me that bet as well at plus 140. All right, we'll go ahead and move into the next. Uh, so for my player props, uh, I'll just speed through these. I took the Geno Smith under 39.5 passing yards. Um, I also took the CMC over 7.5 rushing touchdowns at minus 105. Um, if you play around with it on DraftKings, you can move it up to like nine at plus 140. Um, I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but if you listen to what Nick said, he had he, he could get that easily. He can get five in one game easily. Uh, I'm taking uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba under 725.5 receiving yards. It's not a it's not anything to do with his skill or anything like that. It's just there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Um, and I don't think Geno Smith is going to be throwing it at like he's not going to break the 4,000 yards. So. Uh, Cooper Cup over 12, uh, 1,250.5 receiving yards at minus 110. That's easy money. George Kittle over 5.5 receiving touchdowns at even money. Uh, couldn't let that slide. Uh, Tyler Lockett over 6.5 receiving touchdowns at plus money, plus 115. Uh, and then I doubled down on Nick Bosa. I took the over 15.25 sacks at minus 105, and I'm taking him as the uh, as a or to a repeat as a defensive player of the year at plus 1,200. Blasphemy. We only pick one player on this podcast for defensive player of the year. Well, I'm the new guy. <laughs> uh, and then just to run through uh, our other executive producer, Nevada's, he took CMC uh, over 900.5 rushing yards and the 7.5 rushing touchdowns over as well. He took Ken Walker over 7.5 rushing touchdowns at minus 115, the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He took no, DK like Metcalf that. over 950.5 receiving yards at minus 110. And then he doubled down on Debo Samuel, 725.5, over 725.5 receiving yards at minus 130 and over 4.5 receiving touchdowns at minus 110. Yeah, what does Nevada know, though? <laughs> Diddly squat. And then I do have some other odds here. Um, George Kittle. Uh, I'm sorry, Cooper Cup, comeback player of the year, plus 2,500. He did miss don't, that time. Fool's gold, don't bet it. I'm just comeback, saying that, Comeback player of the year is going to be Lamar Jackson. Uh, hey, I'm just giving the odds. And then uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, offensive rookie of the year, plus 800. I don't think he's going to win it. There's another dude uh, by the name of Bijan uh, who is most likely going to win it. But he's plus 800 if you want to take a flyer on that. And then uh, lastly um, – Devin Witherspoon, the rookie uh, cornerback the Seahawks took at fifth, I believe it was, is plus 900 to win defensive rookie of the year. Um, that's actually – that actually – if someone's willing to – is looking at that bet, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to give people value. I mean, it's, we don't know. We don't know if he's going to play at an elite level, but he was, the high, he was, what, the second highest ranked corner or the first highest ranked corner. That city loves their corners. They have a strong tradition of producing great quarters. Um, if he comes out and does even half of what Sauce did, he could probably win Defensive Rookie of the Year. So plus nine hundred is good value. If you can guarantee me that, um, my goodness, what's the Jalen Carter? Right, that's the defensive tackle the that Eagles, jo- yeah. for that the Eagles took. Right. Yeah. If you can guarantee me that he isn't going to play over fifty percent of snaps then I would not entertain that cornerback bet. But for some reason, I don't know if he's going to play how many snaps he's going to play for that, that Eagles defense that just rotates people in. So um, if you can guarantee over 50%, you somehow find the inside baseball that he's going to play nonstop, then bet that man on that D line, bet that man to win defensive player of the year or rookie of the year. So we'll talk about the NFC East when we get there, but, 
Um, we do have a history of rotating those guys. Yeah, no, that's so. That, that's what I'm saying. So, but that, he is the most talented player in this draft. But you know, I digress. Yeah, but if you don't see the field, it doesn't yeah, you matter can't, how, you can't how talented you, don't see the you field. are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the concern with Jackson Smith and Jigba right now as well. Uh, that actually wraps up our futures coverage, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Any uh, any honorable mention props for you boys? None for me. Uh, I will take the under uh, any of us getting this correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's minus ten hundred thousand million. All right, do you guys got anything else for the tens and tens? No, sir. Nope. Follow follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Podcast Room three zero three. Also, follow our sister podcast, Revenge of the Pod, on all their socials. Um, I should probably write this down so that way I actually know what their handles are. They're just not the same, so that's why I just say follow them <laughs> so uh for myself jermaine for my co-host nick and for executive producer eric we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room